here we are again. We're back. Good to be here. More pod time. Very good to be here. All right. It's the end of day two. We're like already kind of exhausted. Delirious. What, two more full days of the show? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Fine. Uh, Yeah, we really got into it today. Yesterday was kind of like a soft like half day, but uh, today show open, busy, which was nice. Mm -hmm. Yesterday felt kind of weird. Show was kind of empty. But uh, yeah, today we got into it bright and early and had a full full day of appointments. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute, but first, I think we have to address kind of the uh, you know elephant in the room, which is the Tudor. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> more like shit. Uh, the uh, Tudor uh, Black Bay P zero one, which Cole has written about twice right. now. Uh, I wrote. I wrote. The, oh, James uh, wrote yeah, one. So you've both written about yeah. this. Yeah, watch. we both. Yeah, we both. Um, kind of familiar. You've both it. seen it in the metal. Yeah. yeah, we have. And our commenters have now had two opportunities to tell us, A, that they think the watch is garbage, and two, that they think we're garbage yeah, they for saying anything nice about this watch. They don't like us either. Yeah, right. They don't like the watch or us. Um, yeah, and specifically, they don't like us because they think we wrote about the watch because of some business relationship with Tudor, which like we have. Like Tudor's an advertiser. If you see the site, you can Absolutely. see there are Tudor yeah. advertisements sometimes. But uh, that has nothing to do with us at all. Uh, you know, Ben said on the pod yesterday that he thinks Rolex is having kind of a meh here. Like, we'll be honest about this stuff. If we don't like the watch. We'll we'll be perfectly honest, no, right? Totally. Yeah, and if the, if it if it you know I, I think that there was a lot of questions as to its general wearability just from the images when we saw them, and and I put that in the introduction. I said that I think this looks kind of cool. I love a twelve-hour bezel. I think that I don't think it's a stretch to say that the Black Bay line in general is one of the more well-loved models yeah, sure. under ten thousand dollars so i think that it, you can give it some slack until you're holding it until it's on your wrist and then we saw it today in, in the metal and, and to be honest all the all of my main concerns would be that it would be essentially unwearable it would be like one of these giant zenith watches that like in a photograph you're kind of like i get it like the design is there and then it takes them five years to size it down to something that a normal person will put on their wrist this just kind of wears like a big Thule dive watch which is what it is, right? Like it's a big I mean, totally dive calling watch. it a dive watch. In my opinion, is a stretch because it's a twelve-hour bezel. Um, you you can't use it to time a dive. I'm being a pedant, but it's also like I mean, that's a dive watch a is living, a dive right? yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, uh, Cole, what do you think of it? Because like you you've seen it. So you wrote the big story. You you wrote the big yeah, story, and yeah. there's some context there as well. Um, I think where you focus on wearability and so forth that is definitely important, but. I think the more important thing to think about when you're thinking about this particular watch is the ideology behind it. Wearability, in my opinion, it's not something you wear every day. I mean, you just won't. It's more, yeah. Could Maybe you, you are the sort is, of person. Is it kind of like the, the the having an Omega Project Alaska and wearing the 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 big the red big guard red on it thing, all the yeah. time? Yeah, I feel like <laughs> if, if you if you are going to daily wear the P zero one, hit us up. Let us know. Like, I want to talk to somebody yeah, who's going to daily wear the P zero one. Yeah. There's some people in the comments that that like either just naturally liked it because of their taste in watches or gave your piece a chance and saw the kind of metric between it. And like, it's a divisive design certainly. And it's also not, um, I don't think it's considered, I don't think Tudor considers it a mass market product. This totally is an not. esoteric yeah. special thing yep. that can kind of sit somewhere off in the corner and, and kind of tell a new story, tell a yeah. little bit of their brand's history. Like you, you want to wonder why they made something like this. It, it isn't that difficult to understand that, what these brands are trading on isn't actually um, what they made today anymore. It's, it's what they've been making exactly. for however, however yeah, long. Totally. So 
calling back to a prototype that a bunch of people said didn't exist and a bunch of people said does exist and you know something that was essentially only in the known space because of this patent i i think is horologically interesting like yeah, in I the totally world that do. we exist in this is an interesting watch and not interesting like the way you say interesting and what you mean is i don't have anything to say about this because it's boring oh that's interesting <laughs> so you I mean, mean a, a canadian you suck that's interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. that's bless you in Canada. Is, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, bless your heart. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the 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 watch I think is actually interesting because of the story behind it, because totally. of the way they brought it back, and because they remained faithful to what was going to be um, uh, something that was going to bother people who wanted them to just continue making the the more core models. But they swung so hard at the core last year. Why not do something like this after a year where you follow up uh, the BB58 and and the and the BBGMT? Like exactly, yeah. There's also still weights for both of those watches. You know, it's kind of the same issue with Rolex, right? Like, if you still have huge wait lists for Daytonas and GMTs and Black Bay 58s and Black Bay GMTs. Why would you come out with more stuff that's just going to generate wait lists? Like all you're doing is creating headaches for yourselves, creating headaches retailers for your retailers. Don't like it, certainly, no, yeah, and, yeah. and headaches for customers. People don't like being on wait lists. They like going in and buying a thing that they want. You know, so I think it kind of makes sense. They're going to continue selling the stuff people want that they can't make enough of, and then they'll make some interesting stuff. Some stuff right. that kind of is like, like you said, it's like it's thought provoking. It's about their history. It's about kind of adding context to what they're doing. And and it probably will be forgotten shortly after the show too. It it'll be just as forgotten as the original, really. Um, yeah, I think it's funny. Somebody said something earlier. Uh, we were chatting here here around the the apartment before we got the mics rolling. But uh, somebody said that if if John Goldberger had shown this prototype in an episode of Talking Watches, and then Tudor brought it back everybody would think it was the coolest fucking watch that had ever been made. That this was just like the absolute coolest thing. Oh, they're paying attention to the collector community. They're digging into their past. They're, you know, looking for esoteric, interesting things to do. But because this was something the brand did and not something initiated by the, like, quote-unquote community, people are really happy to shit all over it. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, that that's what the comment section is for. If you have an opinion on something, then my Instagram feed, your Instagram feed, whatever it is, like, obviously go nuts. But also try and consider the fact that there's there's context to to what you're talking about, and I'm not saying that you have to that you have any allegiance to a brand, or maybe you have so much allegiance to Tudor that you don't like that they made something that you you don't in- instantly appreciate. I would just say with a watch like this, and um, and and you know, for me, it's also kind of like the Propoff. Uh, you know, it's kind of a weird thing from the past that they remade. That's people are saying that this Black Bay is quite expensive. I, I don't necessarily agree because there's a price range that Black Bays exist in, and it's in that range. It's about four grand, so it's more than a casual Black Bay, which there are plenty of, and you can get anywhere. And and it's just kind of an oddity. It's not limited. I think that it it will speak to an extreme type of nerdery when you see it in the wild. Maybe once. Every few years, maybe yeah, at a Basel World, probably a little or... little Easter egg. I mean, for those who know, it's it's kind of cool. I to kind of put it in perspective, what if like the '60s were kind of a weird time, right? What if mm-hmm. BMW started making? What if they made 100 Isettas uh-huh. today? Would that be cool? It probably would be. But I mean, that's like a the, very similar. Would it look like an i3? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying like it would look like they, an they just reproduce the. That's a good burn. Some, yeah. Something that that was kind of weird and quirky, 
back from the 60s mm-hmm. resurrected today produced in a limited well quality. that's the funny thing is like in my mind i was going i was trying to imagine if a car company if they could do it and like imagine if um <laughs> imagine if ferrari took uh an 812 super fast and made a bread van so the the cam yeah. back yeah. wagon yeah, yeah. Uh, two two door shooting brake sort of style that was called the bread van uh that was a race a race car like most people who would look at that including a lot of ferrari fans would look at it and hate it and if they made if they made 10 of them or if they made 100 of them and if they were two million dollars they would all be gone it would be no, just totally. like the sp1 the sp2 yeah. they would disappear there's a little bit of this uh p01 that is uh meant to be fun it's meant to be for an enthusiast yeah and it's meant to be highly uh, referential to tutor so also there's you know there's other watches if you don't like this one when uh a lot of times when these things come out and they're flops or they're not received well just give it 10 years give it 20 years people will not forget this watch yeah and it, it'll come back and it'll be cool again things yeah. that were flops I, in their I day i just want to be totally clear here like you don't have to like this watch absolutely not i'm like honestly it's not for me like I, i'm, I'm into i'll the be idea more clear i probably don't care what you like you fair. yeah like right. i probably don't Ooh. care yeah you people like what they like yeah, yeah that's, that's fair. you like, like i like what i like yeah, yeah. That's, works. that's totally fine nobody nobody has to like this watch you're totally free to not yeah. like it it's just a watch but like it's just a watch yeah. and you know there's a lot of stuff i don't like that other people like and that's fine you know i can acknowledge that it is it is not an objectively bad thing it's not a bad watch it's a weird watch it's yeah. a strange watch totally it's not as good an everyday watch mm-hmm. as a black bay no it's all not. of that is that's all true. I think true. Yeah. But I think it is kind of cool. Yeah. Same. And if you put it on your wrist, if you take the time and you're listening to us and you're like, I hate this guy, I hate this guy, I definitely hate the guy who's talking right now, and I hate this watch, <laughs> that's fine. Fair opinion-ish. Um, I would say just go to your... It's not limited, so it will be at your AD. Tudor yeah, sells watches all over. Go to the AD, put it on your wrist. If you still hate it, then you were right. Good work. But like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I saw the images and I thought like, I don't know what this is. I don't really get it. And then you see it in the metal, and, it, and it's a little bit better. And that's how it's always been for me with pro profs. And and when you see the right the right pro prof or the right um like the big Royal Oak offshore diver chrono, which is a big burly thing that I can't do on my wrist that well. When you see that in the wild, in some sort of an actual context, whether it's like that's next to the pool in Vegas or something like that, or or you see the pro prof on Agnelli's wrist over the cuff, which would be a fire way to wear the PO one. Yeah, the best way. It's. There, there is something kind of I think like oddly uh, charming about its weirdness. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent would agree. All right, cool. We're done with Tudor. Talked a lot about Tudor. Talked a lot about Rolex. Talked a lot about Paddock. You can find tons of stories about all three brands on the site. Let's jump into what we saw today. I think oh. we we might have a special guest who might do want to. We have to a special in. guest. Uh, you really want. No, no, I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like you. All right. So, yeah, we got, for sure. we have our, our, yeah. uh, our founder, CEO and fearless leader, Mr. Benjamin Clymer is here. Uh, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on the PO one before we leave Tudor for the, uh, didn't, we, the didn't we talk about this yesterday? PO yeah, a little bit, whatever. I mean, it's big. It's not as big as I would have thought, right? Like we saw it today. It's, it's, it's tall though. It's a, it's a tall yeah. watch. It's a really long okay. watch, but it's not a big watch. No. Uh, it's, it's not nearly as kind of, uh, I don't even know what the word would be. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. You know, it's not nearly as ridiculous. It's not a sun at all. Like if you see in the in the metal, it, it looks like a watch. It doesn't look like something else. You know, which I think the press photos kind of made it made it appear as yeah, if it was something else. But I think Cole did a did a stellar job today explaining you know why this is a thing. Thank you, Ben. And again, it's like 
this is neat. Like Rolex doesn't take chances. They took a fucking chance. Like this is a, this is a cool thing. It yeah. should be a cool. Yeah. Thing. Don't don't punish people for taking chances because right. everything Agreed. will end up looking the same. Just, yeah. That I mean that's like that's the, the greatest <laughs> yeah. recourse. Like just don't buy it. You know. Yeah. Use but, your dollar to vote. There it is. Cool. Anything else you need from me? No, we're good. What are you guys drinking? Uh, having a beer. Having a beer. Just a little hot fin. This guy only drinks whiskey for the record. Yeah. Oh. I'll take a beer occasionally. You drink one of your alcohol-free beers. Oh, that's really funny, Greg. That's really, really funny. Uh, this appears this appears to be alcohol full. Okay. Right now. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. It's like some steel steel reserve. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go away now. I'll see All right. You guys, uh, see Enjoy you your later. beer. All right. Have fun. Um, Thanks, Ben. Cool. That's the last word. Done. Tudor Rolex Paddock in the books. Uh, let's move on to other brands that we saw today. Zenith. 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 You guys started the day at Zenith, yep. right? We started yeah. at Zenith. Uh, what did you guys see? So yeah, I mean, we saw the new A386 special edition. That's right. It's like a limited All edition. All three of them? Comes in three metals. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's razor sharp. It looks a lot like a vintage piece. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly the point, essentially. Really nice, bright white this dial. This is for the good 50th color. anniversary of the El Primero, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah. And they're a really nice size. They're super limited. We're waiting yeah, to find out what the like actual production number is. It's something like roughly fifty. We're gonna call roughly fifty, but that that's number what I heard is fifty. Yeah, and they they said that number is subject to change. They're still mm. what people might not understand is, believe it or not, a lot of these brands are figuring stuff out the day before they turn the lights on at Basel and start letting yep. people in. Yeah. And you'd think that this is all mm-hmm. locked and gone, but there's so much work involved in setting up the product cycle for something like this, and especially when you get into all the designs and and I mean, uh, Stephen, I'm sure you have some some you know experience with how much work it takes to design one limited edition at a time a little bit i mean the bigger thing is and and, the bigger thing is like on the on the sales side of things right what a lot of people don't understand is like the watch brand the reason the watches are shown now and don't hit retailers for a couple of months is because this is when the retailers get to place their orders too Mm. so like they're deciding what they're going to sell so if zenith says okay we're gonna make 50 of each that's 150 pieces and they see their retailers they've got to have globally a couple hundred doors if not a little more than that right and every retailer says we think we can move i'd like five yeah right like they don't want precious metal we don't know a price uh they're just under twenty thousand. they're like 19 and change that's right Uh, okay i mean but what did i guess earlier 28 yeah yeah so i guess guess that means a decent value they're Uh, super wearable mm -hmm. obviously if your preference is for a steel one i would have two recommendations either buy the white gold or wait it's 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 highly likely or buy vintage or buy vintage one sure um, but I would say it's highly likely that when the dust settles on these selling out as quickly as they like, if they make 150, yeah. they're gone. Um, and then and then we may find a, a steel one down the road when they they take that. I mean, it, it's there in aesthetic. It's there. Yeah, yeah, totally. The yeah, the three colors on the dials with gold. I mean, you usually see a pretty pretty austere. The rose is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here you got a little pop of color with gold. Yeah, super super cool. Did one you guys see the crazy defy the defy inventor? We did see it's the, the implementation of the um, the new escapement. Yeah, yeah, the new like silicon vibrating the blade. entire back of the. It's, yeah. it's wild. I couldn't figure out what I was looking Dude, it gives at. Me, it, it's awesome, but it gives me a headache. It, makes, it kind of makes me feel like my eyes are shaking a bit. Yeah, same here. If that's a, if that makes any sense, yeah, you, yeah, that, yeah. that feeling. Yeah, totally. Um, but I looked at it for a while and I thought it was a gimmick, like there was a disc or something spinning in there, like the parallel divers, those things oh, that had like yeah. a roulette wheel under another, and it would look like a turbine. But then I realized, no, that's like some sort of special sort of like not unlike the the constant force thing from 
Yeah, um, it's a it's essentially a giant flexible. It's a disc with a bunch of blades on it. Yeah. And it is the escapement. Like that's how the watch functions. Uh, it's a high speed escapement. It's it's really crazy watchmaking. Like yeah, very I, serious twenty first century watchmaking. Very inventive. Oh, there you go. Okay. All right. All right. That's an edit point as well. Yeah. <laughs> Can yeah. you please re- Gray, remove that joke? <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Did you do it? <laughs> I don't know anymore. Um, with that one, I do, I do think like the aesthetic of the Defy is so modern now, so hyper modern and architectural. Like I think they're gonna they're they are in that space like Hublot and 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 such. And and I think while that may not apply to everyone, the technology that's in that watch can be applied to other watches, and it's like highly amagnetic and much more uh, protected in terms of uh, rate and yeah. and quality of, of the actual output from the escapement. Yeah, right. And uh, so timekeeping, all of that kind of thing. So what, what we might be seeing right now is, is like engine technology going into an F1 car mm-hmm. when you hold this watch in your hand. Yeah. And it might be interesting to see where they take that. Uh, Ulysses Narden has a very similar yeah. uh, concept. And, um, and, and it might be interested to see where some of that technology settles down you know, like at, there was a time when if you wanted airbags, you bought a Mercedes SL. Now, now they come in everything, right? right. And and it, it's it's kind of the same. Eventually, you would hope the yeah. same path with this next generation watchmaking that doesn't use metals. To kind of piggyback off that, something I saw today, which is worth sharing, which is super cool, and I know you saw this too, the new Tag hairspring, the Isograph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're yeah. actually. He he said, if you unwind it and you look at it. The Tag Heuer logo is on the hairspring. Yeah, so they they know that the hairspring is legit. They're making it, or they have a partner that's making it. I I don't remember which it was. I think they make it. Yeah, they make it. And uh, and the hairspring is essentially labeled so that you don't. Yeah, it's like a a, a way of guaranteeing legitimacy of the watch and 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 this rather important. And these are the new the carbon hairsprings. Correct. Exactly. Really, really neat thing. And then yeah. I guess that kind of brings us to the next meeting, which we had, which was uh, TAG. And um, and so we saw the new Otavia Isograph, which That's is, right. um, I would def- define it as, I mean, it's funny because the Otavia is in itself a watch that attempted to take two disciplines and push them together. Yeah. But this one feels more confused a little bit. Okay. It's nice on wrist. It's good in person. It feels like Breitling five years ago. Okay. Um, so it's really sturdy. It's well priced. Has a great bezel, a, mi- a really good loom, um, but it doesn't feel like an Octavia to me at all. Okay. Um, and and that's fine. I mean, you're going to expand the line. We've been using car uh, analogies now. Maybe this is the, a three series becoming a four series. Yeah. And then having I a four series Grand Coupe, which is actually a four door four series, which should have been a three series. That sort of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. Totally. No, Grace says no. You can cut that. It wasn't a joke. And uh, <laughs> I hope you guys like dad jokes, by the way, because oh. I'm full of them. Yeah, we can do we can do that all day long. Um, so I, I think that it, it's pretty good on wrist. It's about 42 yeah. millimeters. The pricing is really good. The pricing starts at. I was uh, 32, 32 to 45. To 45. Yeah. The bronze is really cool. You know, gradient dial. Yeah. My guess is that watch, the bronze one, if you give it six months, will be legit cool. I agree. Um, The other thing they showed us is the bracelet model has a quick release Mm -hmm. on the bracelet, so you don't use a tool. And then all the bracelet ones also come with a NATO, and the NATO is pretty nice. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, but it, it is your standard uh, spring bar system too. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The Sorry, it doesn't use some yeah. fancy spring yeah. bar either. It's the end link actually grasps the spring bar. Right. Oh, that's it wraps around super and locks. Smart. Yeah, yeah. That's super. So smart. if you if you're the type that likes to do your bracelet on your sport watch, I'm I'm typically not. But if 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 that's kind of your your plan, then you can uh, you know very easily go bracelet to NATO or take the bracelet. Cool. This is what I what I think is kind of more compelling because I don't know a lot of people who love bracelets and love NATOs. That's kind of two divergent camps in many mm-hmm. ways, especially when it comes to the same watch. You, I'm both. on them. I love. It. I think it would be interesting for someone who just likes to change their strap occasionally because now you can remove your bracelet without having to use some annoying plier pincher tool yeah, dude Removing or using two two spring nightmare. bars spring bars in the 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 uh the uh sushi fashion yeah and then scratching scratching the everything shit scratching all watch. of yeah. it it's all scratched the whole watch is but scratches. now now you could do the part that typically scratches the watch the worst which is the bracelet end link install slash yeah. removal you remove that then you could pop a spring bar out put a strap on it throw it back in That's and right. not scratch anything. Easy yeah. So you're not, you're not pulling out scotch tape to do it to protect the logs or any of that. And I, I kind of like that. I really like quick release straps yeah. in general. It's a great idea. Because I'll, I'll change my straps daily, especially at a place like Basel. Like I'll, I'll, I bring a little like, I bring a grip of, uh, of straps and, 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 and kind of go through them as, as, as the day goes. And um, yeah, I thought the Octavia was cool. Yeah, not bad. I think I think it is a compelling sports watch. I think it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with the Monaco later in the year. I pushed we we pushed a little bit hard to see if they had it in the place, and they just didn't. Stonewalled. No, like I said, I said like, oh, he asked if uh, Cole asked if if the guy had a Monaco and what they were doing, and they didn't. He didn't fully. There was a translation issue. He didn't fully understand that what Cole was asking was like, can you bring me the Monaco? Okay. And then I said, hey, can I have the the new Monaco? And they're like, oh, that doesn't exist yet. Yeah. We're still, okay. we're still working on it. And I was like, okay. no, I was yeah. like, but what if I just don't take pictures or like I don't publish anything? Yeah. Like I'll take the pictures now oh, and we'll have exist. them for later. No, I know you're lying to me. Just give me, I won't take pictures. Just I asked a few, me. I do but my he, thing where I ask three times yeah, and exactly. then I apologize for the final ask. <laughs> That's journalistic integrity. You have to find the truth. But they, they said, they said, you know, I said, the, the guy, the dude was there and I said like, uh, so with this Monaco that's going to come out, like, could we see it now, shoot it now to, and publish it later? But that way it's our cameras and this, the lighting was, they had like a nice little booth set up. So light is solid. And, uh, and they're like, no, no, it doesn't like, we don't have it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I know. But like, if, if I, if I was able to shoot it today, then we could have it for a story whenever you're ready. And they're like, no, like you don't get it. We're still looking at designs. And I was like, okay, that's probably true. And then I you mean, asked one more he time. Was, yeah. And then I was like, oh, you have to ask. But like, if you've got it, I'll have we shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, now you, everybody everybody listening knows what the people who work with us go through dealing with us all day. Medium pushing. Yeah. I mean, that's our job, right? Like we, our job is to go into the show and deliver as much information as possible to everyone who's not at the show. Sometimes you have to be, you have to be a little pushy. Yeah. Well, some, and, and a lot of these brands, nice, a lot of these, pushy, a lot of these, if you're talking to someone in PR and you can make their job a little bit easier where they know the photos will be good, even yeah, if it's six sure. or seven months from now, it's not, it's never that tough of a conversation to say like, if you have it, I'll shoot it now. You just let me know when I can use the photos. And yeah. that's usually pretty fair. Then they don't totally. have to ship one to the office when they only have two for Makes North America, easier, something yeah. like that. So it's always worth asking, but apparently, uh, allegedly there's no new Monaco yet, but there will be, there's gotta be, it's the I mean, 50th it's anniversary. 50th, yeah. I mean, it's, there's it's, no it's, way they it's don't insane to think that there wouldn't be. Um, and then beyond that, we saw this, uh, golf watch. Yeah. Or, for the oh, golfers it's a smart out there. Watch, right? It's a version of the connected. Yeah, it's an app yeah, yeah. on the connected watch. Okay. The tag Hoyer connected watch. And, uh, I actually could just sat there and like played around with the yeah. screen. It's so bright. And, and like the right now for photography. Yeah. It's also an app too. 
So the watch, yeah, is working the focal off point, your phone, but you can just data. download the app. Period. Okay. And that has I don't something golf, like thirty thousand so no, golf no courses interest? loaded. Okay. Zero. Maybe we should have Climber uh, review it. Yeah, I mean, you should definitely put one of those on his wrist and just start. Like, we should all we should all get them and go okay. to the driving range. Okay, done. Uh, I'm horrible at golf. That's fine. The worst. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so that's how I got this car. Story for another time. I guess so. All right. Uh, so I started the morning somewhere very different. I started at Nomos. Okay. Uh, this is fun. I I only know one of what they launched. So yeah. So Nomos did the usual Nomos thing, which is they took the thing they're known for and that everybody loves them for these like classic, you know, cool, minimal Bauhaus designs and they iterated on them and they, uh, follow the old adage, don't fuck it up, which is kind of the challenge with something like that. Like there's so little to work with because the designs are so restrained that any little thing you do could totally ruin them. Right. Uh, so they gave us two new sport quote unquote, like sports models. Um, they're bigger, they're thicker. They have hundred foot water, a thousand, thousand, thousand foot water resistance. Um, one version of the club and then two versions of the Tangente like that. Uh, the Tangente is that's, that's the one that that I I read the press release. That's kind of an interesting thing because it's, it's so close to an Ahoy, but yeah. it's bigger, burlier bracelet. Yes. It's much bigger. First of all, these watches are are thick. They're, oh, really? they're serious watches. Really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. And same with they the club. They still use a very thin they're, movement. Yeah, yeah they the still use a thin movement. Thin. Uh, yeah. but they're, oh, and the movement has some sort of a protection around it. It does. So that's going exactly. to add some bulk. Exactly. So uh, there's that. And then it's the heftier version of their new bracelet. So Nomos has two new bracelets. The bracelet's kind of incredible dude so the bracelet that's on the sport models is cool it's good it's nice it's these kind of thick um symmetrical sort of like rectangular links uh and the nice thing is they use tiny screws like eyeglass screws almost uh and you can just get a screwdriver and change your links out which is really nice um but there's a finer version of the bracelet that you can buy on a couple of the smaller uh campus club models and they're not selling it individually like yet club. but they will yeah the campus club am great. i weird that that like if i was going to buy an almost today that one the the white, whitish style Dude, with the cali not at all that's a cali great watch text. it's like it's one of their cheapest watch. watches it's one of the few that still uses like an alpha yeah it's a great watch it's not expensive i think it's mm-hmm. like anyone could wear it you just change the strap the whole watch changes yeah i agree i like that watch a lot i, I, agree. I literally digress please it's all good the uh the bracelet's amazing bracelet, yeah I'm already begging them to let me buy one for my Tangenta. Okay. That's but, what you got uh, on. That's what I'm wearing now. Yeah. But uh, they're telling me they're not selling them separately right now. It's a whole like supply thing and they want to use them to make certain models special. But eventually, eventually it'll happen. And when it does, everybody who owns Onomos should buy one. They're amazing. They're really that good. Uh, they're really, really good. Super fun. Yeah. They're great. Um, and then they also did these models, the duos. Uh, they took four of the standard models, the uh, Tangenta, the Ludwig... The, the Orion and the Tetra, the kind of like four core models. Yeah. They did them in 33 or 32.8 millimeters uh, with two hands. Hand wound, a new version of the Alpha Caliber um, that's been kind of pared back. Uh, they're awesome. If they were a little bigger than 33 millimeters, yeah, I, I would have... if they made those in 38. Dude, dude if they were 35, that's, I would have given I would have given them a credit card. That's in the, the SJP. Yeah, dude. It's amazing. That's your, how yeah, do you, that's your how do you take a super austere three-hand watch and make it better? Take one of the hands off. Yeah. Which yeah. one? It's up to you. I mean, yeah, sure. Take the hour hand off. It'd be mm-hmm. kind of great. Basically becomes like a running chronograph. Just no hands. Okay. It's just a normal style. Yeah. Should we do that? Limited edition? SJPZ? Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. 
Uh, yeah, I see every, everybody in the room. We could sell like twelve. One of those. My mom would buy. Well, one. I need an hour hand. So yeah, so that was Nomos. It was again like iterations on familiar themes, all good stuff. Uh, the bracelet though was the real highlight. The bracelet's killer. Um, what else did you guys see today? I uh, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm cutting you off here, Cole. You know what right, I saw sure. after Nomos? Bulgari. Anybody Ooh. else here? Did you guys get to go buy the Bulgari booth today? No. Negative. Dudes, the Bulgari stuff is incredible. So the two things that are most exciting for me are they released an Octofinissimo chronograph GMT. It is the thinnest mechanical chronograph ever made. It's automatic peripheral rotor. Uh, it's the titanium, the like sandblasted titanium with the matching bracelet. Uh, there's a pusher that jumps the hour hand uh, for your local time. Watch is one, in one direction. Uh, in one direction. Okay. So there's the two chronograph pushers. Bring on the, the dates with it. Uh, there is no date. Okay. okay. So the watch is it's a uh, totalizer for the chronograph, a running seconds, and then a 24 hour register for your home time. Then you have the two chronograph pushers on the right side of the case, on either side of the crown, and on the left side of the case you have a central pusher, and that jumps the hour hand forward in one hour increments. Uh, it's under eighteen, just under uh, eighteen thousand dollars. PM indicator? Oh, uh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Um, because you're. Uh, I guess you're only tracking local. You're only tracking local, and then the okay. other register is a twenty-four hour, which gives you AM/PM yeah. by night. The um, windows are the AM, AM/PM indicator. But it's uh, if you're tired of PM, <laughs> if you're if you're awake, it's probably yeah. AM. Probably. Um, we're all AM/PM indicators. In <laughs> That's true. We are. Ain't that the truth? Uh, uh, but yeah, it's incredible. It's like 17000 something. It's like just under $18,000. Uh, and when you think about the fact that there are a lot of, you know, steel chronographs, you know, not made to the same level without the GMT function that sell for more than that, it's it's incredible. It's awesome. And if you like, I mean, you have to like the whole Octofinissimo thing. I don't know where you guys stand on that. I think it's great. I don't yeah. think I can pull it off. Yeah, I'm probably the same way. It doesn't like stack up with the general this this this, this, this whole thing yeah. this happening okay i like i think they're awesome they wear really well they're obviously super thin yeah uh, bulgari does a, a, if you haven't had a chance to like play around with one um the straps are always incredible yeah because they take like a great care in making sure the strap matches the the way that the watch needs to sit on your wrist yep. so their bracelets are remarkable the straps are remarkable like it's yeah. really nice stuff and that's what you'd expect you're paying and that's what you'd expect, you know, the, the, to your point, you're saying that this is a, a good value watch, but you're still paying a, a great deal of money for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. By um, no means is this an and, and, and I don't, and I don't think that they're just trading on the fact that they're a luxury name. Their mm-hmm. watch business interest is dialed in. Yeah. They make some incredible things, even if I don't think like I could, like, I don't think I could pull them off. Yeah. That's fair. Um, the other thing they had is they now make a basic time only. They also do it in a skeleton, but whatever. Uh, the time-only Octofinissimo, black ceramic, matte black ceramic. It's mean. It's so cool looking. Um, yeah. So those were kind of, those are actually probably, for me, two of the coolest watches I've seen at the show altogether. Okay. What else did you see like? Uh, you went off into the wild I did. I did. I ventured off into the <laughs> you woods. You went on your walkabout? Yeah. <laughs> I went on a little walkabout. So I guess it's it's obviously my first puzzle. And... Uh, the whole thing's a walkabout. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing is a walkabout. <laughs> but it's very clear it's spirit who runs the show. You know, it's totally clear who runs the show. So I decided. Is it me? 
Well, I guess we all know. Steven? Well, yeah. You guys both run ben. the show. Everyone does. It's Gray. Yeah. Oh, it's Dave. It's, it's, really it's Dave. I don't know who yeah, you mean. Yeah, shout out to Wavy Dave. I don't mean, I don't know what you mean by run the show. Run the show? You, you, it's, it's very James clear. James is just going to ask you questions until <laughs> you dig yourself a huge hole. Uh, well, well, it's very clear. Here's, here's that, it, that it's like, yeah. you mean like it's Rolex's paddock. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who's sure. really yeah, running yeah, the show? Yeah. I know you know. He meant something totally different. Oh, man. Is it me? Huh? Hmm? So basically, yeah. So. I tried to go off and see what else was out there. Um, yeah, like I said, it's my first one, so I'm just going to take a walk around and see what's up. And yeah, the, the cool thing to me was, uh, I guess, the presence of international brands that you just don't hear of, period. I mean, sure. I, I operate in the American market, of course, but there are people there who just don't sell anything in the American market. So it was kind of neat to see those. Um, I'll probably come up with a little roundup for y'all. Yeah, you will. Um, so I won't, I won't get too much into it, but... There was a French brand that impressed me particularly, Leap, which I know they kind of have a cult following already. Yeah. Um, however, so, uh, a yeah. lot of people listening probably would recognize Leap for the. It's a black case chronograph which has like a red, a yellow, and a blue pusher. Yeah, right? almost like, like yeah, a yeah, ball. Like a it looks like a, or Yeah, almost looks theme. like a like a pool balls on the side yeah, of yeah. the watch. They're very yeah. cool. They're, They're very cool, cool, but they also make some really cool, funky '60s, '70s uh, chrono stuff that, okay. that I'm pretty and. and and I and I, I don't quote me on this. This is what they told me. They said they invented the super compressor case. They were the first ones to ever to use it. I think that might be true. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that I think I've heard that before. Whether or not it's true is a different thing, but I think I've yeah. heard that before. So yeah, they do some super compressor stuff. Anyway, I'll get into that in an article. But took that little walk and and tried to kind of see what else was out there. I really liked, um, yeah, some of the stuff in Europe. And in addition, I found this little quirky Japanese brand that. Couldn't even sell a watch yet. They were just there. They use Seiko movements. They're called Mirko or something like that. And they were totally wild and weird. And yeah, just kind of took a walk around the show in between the big meetings. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. You, you realize that actually the watch world is pretty pretty damn big. That's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and you're also coming in when there's way less exhibitors. Right, right. I don't yeah. actually remember what the official number is. Dude, I once, one. I once got lost and uh, I was trying to get to a supplier hall. We like were looking hall three one. Or dude, something we were like we that. were looking. This is old school Hodinkee days. Uh, this was when this might be pre Will. This might be when it was just Ben and me at the show, and uh, we were looking to find better quality spring bar tools for the Hodinkee shop. And Ben was like, "Dude, do you have an hour? Can you just like run down to the supplier hall? It's all like three dot one or whatever, and go find it's like not even just in go Switzerland, right? Yeah, it's across the border. Yeah." <laughs> It's on a skull-shaped island. Um, yeah, you like. I was trying to go find spring bar tools. He was like, "Walk around, check out samples. If you see anything good, get a business card. We'll figure it out." I was like, "All right, fine." And uh, I was wandering through this hall and ended up in like on like the second floor of some building. I still don't actually know where this building was because I had gone through so many hallways and up so many escalators. But like, it had a drop ceiling, and they had erected these like plywood essentially a, a like structure within a structure so there were these stalls but they had roofs and and full walls and like door like swinging doors and people were selling like uh, like plastic bracelet links for watches by the bucket they literally had like oil drums full of plastic bracelet links and like a scoop and you bought them by the pound I would uh, trust their engineering. Bracelet like? like for like cheap plastic yeah, watches. watches. For like, you know, like $10 watches you'd you would, buy at you Walmart. you take them back to your brand and assemble them by yeah. hand? Yeah. You could literally go in and buy like hands, buy like the scoop. I just like to buy gummies bulk. 
Nothing <laughs> else. Yeah, it was like bulk watch components, and I got lost and couldn't find my way out. Uh, to be honest, also, nobody in this hall spoke English mm. at all. I had no idea where I was going. Uh, it was bad. That's kind of cool. Not the best. It was cool. Yeah, that, that's what I find cool. particularly cool about Baselworld, actually. Mm. It's, it's, you take away the watches, and you just have a mess of international folks the pieces the pieces that kind of create the world that somehow supports this last rung that we that we play around in for a few days and you get to see that right yeah Yeah. for sure we should someday we should sit down do a uh, an episode of this show where we sit and talk to somebody who's in charge of sourcing that stuff somebody who like runs a micro brand and is here not to sell their watches but to buy the stuff they need to make their watches yeah for sure uh be be an interesting interesting show uh, well, we do need to move on to Gold Doxa. Yeah. yeah, we got two more things to cover. We got right. Gold Doxa, and then we have our last appointment of the day, which we all did together. But Gold Doxa. Gold Doxa, I mean, we both we both saw it, totally. Um, Explain I walked what by. the Gold Doxa is. Okay. It's a completely absurd... Like, the fact that this thing exists is insane to me. You want me to give a background on the 200, and then you can give a background on the movement and all that in this new one? Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. So, Sub 200 is uh, 50 years old now, and uh, this is this Doxa... T-Graph Sub 200, and this uh, this is a watch that uh, Jason Heaton has written a couple times on the site about. So originally they made uh, 200 dials of all three of Doxa's dials. So if you're a Doxa person, that's the Pro, the Sub, or um, if you're the Doxa person, that's a Sub, a Shark Hunter, and a uh, Sea Rambler. Thank you. And uh, it's the only one I own and the one I can't remember. Sea <laughs> Rambler Silver, the Shark Hunter is black, and the Pro is orange. Um, so these were uh, kind of big uh, Valjoux-powered uh, chrono- dive chronographs. They're awesome. They're super rare now. Heaton has uh, a yeah, pro. Yeah. and <laughs> Heaton has a Shark Hunter and a Sea Rambler, both of which are incredible. They're really, really fun. They're like super chunky 70s divers. I'm 69, but they're 70s divers. They're really, really cool. And uh, Doxa's re-releasing an incredibly limited run version that uses dead old stock movements which uh cole was listening while i was shooting i asked him what's inside and he said well it's a very special movement and I'm like, all right what what does that mean and he said well it's very old we had to refurbish it i'm like okay well that's odd you have to refurbish a movement that you're putting in a new watch what's the story well they are actually the original movements well okay they're, they're about 30 years old yeah they're dead stock movements that doxa had that they they said they were waiting for something special to do it. You're you're doing big scare quotes while you, while you do that. <laughs> well, but because you know, like the the there was always well, Dox's plans were definitely to make a reedition of this watch for its fiftieth birthday. But there was you you have to believe, and I may have seen one, but you have to believe that they intended to remake the three, just like they did with the fiftieth anniversary uh, divers of which I have the Sea Rambler, you have to intent, You have to believe that they intended to make 200 of each of them, to make 600 watches, because it's a retail endeavor. <laughs> Instead, they're making... 13? 13. They're making, they're making 13. 13. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a good way to so make money. That gives yeah. you an idea. That, well, 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 you, well, you, well, we'll get we'll there. Get Gross the margin, price, yeah. not to be ignored. <laughs> um, the 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 watch is a solid gold version of this case bracelet. It's the first time they've done solid gold, and for those of you who know Doxa, it's not the first time that they did gold. There is a prototype thin case three hundred that's plated. There's one of them. It's awesome. Um, this is the first time they've done solid gold. Solid gold with the orange dial. It's a professional dial. It's uh, it's kind of bonkers. 
It's super fun. It's heavy, like you would expect. It's yeah, a ton, it's super heavy. It's a ton of gold. It's a huge watch. Big chunky case. Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh man, we got we got some. It's good timing yeah. too. Yeah. All right. So impromptu special guest. This is one of the treats of Basel. Is people hey. are just in the same space. We got the fellows from oh, Warren and Wound. Right. We got the Warren and Wound crew here. Yeah, All right. Let's make some car. space. If you, see, if you find my here. cell phone. Here you go. It's my cell phone. We're sharing. I've been looking for it. If you find a cell phone, it's my cell well, phone. If you find my cell phone, it's mine. Yeah. Here you go. How's it going? <laughs> this yeah. is Zach, by Come the way. In, guys. Hello, uh, Hodinky Radio listeners. That's all right. It's funny, I'm not nervous doing this on our own podcast, but I suddenly got really nervous. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. <laughs> this is fun. This We're is literally so sitting fun. around drinking beers talking about solid gold doxes. Yeah. How nervous can you be about doing that? Have you seen it yet? No, we haven't seen it yet. We've seen no. some renders of it. Okay. Yeah. All right. We kind of buried the lead here, though. Before before we get into, because I want your takes on this. How expensive is this thing? First of all, oh yeah, we should oh, probably yeah. do that. So yeah, this is Zach Weiss from Warner Wound. Uh, Ilya Riven from Warner Wound. Blake Mallon from Warner Wound. Warner Wound. Hi, fellas. Three. Yeah. There we hey go. There. How nice. Yeah, uh, it's seventy thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Oh, really? $70,000 solid gold Doxa. How much is a solid gold uh, Daytona on a bracelet? $37,000. How much is a solid gold Speedmaster? 32,000 Swiss francs. It's not limited to 13 units. They're going to make How expensive? What is the price on a solid gold Nautilus chronograph? Sixty-eight thousand dollars, okay. and so how is. much is this this Doxa chronograph again? Seventy, Stephen. <laughs> what? I'll take the gold Doxa for seventy thousand, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus, I'm, I'm very impressed by your ability to recall all those. Prices. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't think anyone on Warren and Wound could have done that. So yeah. to, to we be may clear, or may not have had this conversation every four hours to, yeah. to the be, last week. To be very clear, the numbers were coming from Ben, who's in the background. Yeah. He knows the prices of, I mean, a great many things. It's a, it is it is impressive. Yeah. Did they explain why they did that? I don't think they could source. They didn't say this specifically. This is the subtext. I don't believe they could source enough movements to do the 600 run that would have matched what they made in 69. So what they're because doing they is want- making 600 <laughs> watches worth of profit on 13 watches? Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's a business strategy. <laughs> James yeah. is looking me dead in the eyes, just nodding. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I this is a brand that, like, I want I want Doxa to continue. I want yeah, them to be sure. successful. I really love their watches. I adore their history. I think they're one of the most underappreciated watch brands, like dive watch brands, in terms of history. And uh, and this is a weird move, uh, but I don't weird, th- weird flex for sure. Weird flex. I'm not. I don't dislike it. I don't doubt that they can find the limited number of clients they need to sell that watch. Um, and then it will instantly become a, like an absolute white whale. All right, cool. Uh, interesting. So we haven't seen it. I mean, I've seen a render also. Curious, orange dial gold case work? Little gold on the registers too. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. It, it looked a little too a little too warm. I mean, I'm not buying it. <laughs> too warm to me. I like orange with gold. Too, too warm? I mean, it's warm. It's, it's blingy. It's, is what yeah, it is, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I like I orange agree. a little contrast. Warm's not warm's not a bad bad way of seeing it. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Warm. Warm. All right, so we're going to have to wrap things up here. Uh, but 
what's something that made each of you guys smile? Day two of Basel, we're getting like really into it now. It could be kind of a slog. What's something? What was what was the ray of light in your uh, your day today? Let's start right here. Jeez, um, what's my ray of light? I think the like the all snowflake model we saw at Grand Seiko with the really interesting case, the like um, sort of pattern case, was pretty amazing. That was pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um, I actually really liked Monta's new Atlas GMT. Uh, I saw some like shots of it beforehand, but seeing it in the metal is really unique, and especially the opaline dial was really nice. Kind of a surprise, but great finishing on that watch. Great sort of aesthetic, and not a lot of money for the for the. For a great package. Um, I'd have to go with the Oris uh, Big Crown Pointer uh, Burgundy Dial. Ooh, yeah. Really surprised Such a good me. color. Such a good color. Yeah, yeah. I, I, apparently, I'm a Burgundy guy. I mean, why not? Who, why who not? knew? Yeah, who knew? I'm I, I, who, now, would you, would you lean that over that light blue one from last year, that Carbassier color? Personally, yes. Blake, Blake has this. What do you I do? Think? I do. It's, it's a surprisingly wearable watch. Maybe it's a not killer watch. But... When I got it, I, I didn't think I'd wear it as much as I do, uh, but I really fell in love with that burgundy when I saw it. That is, that is an amazing color. It's pretty good. Yeah. The deer yeah. skin strap as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, right? yeah and everything they're doing with uh, like the sustainability, sustainability, sustainability yeah. the new packaging they're working on, yep. like really huge applause to them. I mean, they're making For sure. the right decisions there. Yeah. yeah. So way less packaging, way mm -hmm. less paper, way less cardboard, way less plastic, all that stuff. They have like a new, your watch basically comes in a wallet. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's this really nice wallet that you could probably repurpose for other stuff. Way more practical. Yeah, than the box. it's a travel case all yeah. of a sudden, and, and and that kind of thing, and and yeah, it's. I mean, Oris is great. Yeah, totally. It's easy. Yeah. Oh, it's my turn. Solid gold yeah. Doxa, baby. Yeah. Solid gold Doxa. Yeah. Don't at me. All Here right. you go, Cole. Um. Yeah, plenty of watches made me smile, but I think, and this may sound cheesy, but honestly, meeting all the people behind the watches definitely gave me warm fuzzies. Oh, yeah, I, I really. Uh, yeah. This is my first Cole time. Oh, it's the first like Basel. materialistic assholes. No, 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 no. Cool. No, I'm, not, I'm serious. I just like that people are happy. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, I haven't gotten the opportunity yet to meet a lot of these people. So for me, it was the first time. And uh, and meeting them, you see that, yeah, the watches are cool, but the people behind the watches, they're all great folks. And it was, you know, a great opportunity to meet them. I, I've seen some of these guys around New York City. I've met them for sure. Um, yeah, and it's it's an honor to have him here too. Thanks for having us. This is a, a surprise and a really awesome one. So you yeah. thought you were coming over for a beer, and we yeah, were like, no. actually, you're going to make content that we're going to sell <laughs> oh, hey, ads against. <laughs> <laughs> can you work for us briefly? <laughs> Works for us. Yeah, yeah. you have to work that's, for your that's beer. That's where you get your pitch. Yeah, yeah. pitch, pitch. <laughs> uh, oh man, something happened off mic. I well, love I told that. Him now it's time to get a pitch. Oh sweet, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Well, thank you guys for coming. This was awesome. Oh yeah, I gotta I gotta do my highlight. Uh, what did I like? Honestly, watching uh, our amazing producer here, Dave, uh, rock a diamond set serpenti uh, uh, was pretty wavy. awesome. I think Full you need wavy. that. I think you need that watch, Dave. Wavy mode five. Is that is that a video guy watch? Yeah, I'll put it in the All right, sweet, <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet. Uh, yeah. So that's my highlight. But uh, yeah, this is a fun fun way to end the day. Um, I think we've all got some like evening stuff we have to get to, some events tonight. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for stopping by, and we'll be yeah, back again. We'll be back again tomorrow. Can you guys plug plug your show? Absolutely. Let's make let's get a little plug in here. Sure, the Wonder Wild Podcast. You can find it everywhere. <laughs> uh, Amen. As featured with the Hodinkee Podcast in the New York Times yesterday. Um, yeah. So yeah, the Wonder Wild Podcast. Awesome.
thank you guys for coming. And uh, yeah, we'll be back here tomorrow. Same time, same place, same podcast feed uh, with another episode. And I think we have another guest coming by tomorrow. I think we'll leave that a surprise, but we do have another guest coming by tomorrow. So yeah, see everybody tomorrow. And uh, we'll have a ton more posts on uh, Hodinky.com. So stay tuned. Thank you.